bad boys, bad boys. What you gonna do when police officers Will Smith and Martin Lawrence team up to find some drugs taken from their police station? Well, I'll tell you what they're gonna do. Martin Lawrence is gonna pretend to be Will Smith, and Will Smith is gonna pretend to be Martin Lawrence, but only in regards to their interactions with a witness they're protecting. Around the station, they're still Will Smith and Martin Lawrence, but they do switch places as far as their living quarters are concerned. See, Martin Lawrence has to live at Will Smith's penthouse, and Will Smith has to live with Martin Lawrence's family. But nothing sexual happens there, neither with his wife or his kids for that matter. Anyways, guys, let's talk about bad boys. But first, here's a message from our good friend Kevin Sorbo. Hey there guys, this is Kevin Sorbo from Hercules, and I love the Five Guys Flicking Around podcast, I really do. Aaron, Kyle, Ryan, Brandon, and Joel, keep up the great work, and please... Please do a knock around guys episode soon. Because I want to see it. Bye. Look what I have created! I have made fire! I have made fire! I think this is one of the traits of a really good producer. Keep the talent happy. She just killed a helicopter with a car. Who's our boys? All right, boys. Prepare to be dazzled. Break yourself, fool! Oh, I'm sorry. Did I break your concentration? It's important that we we get together on this thing. If you had some glue, I'm really good at gluing. I could just glue it. Sandbagging, son of a bitch. Y'all ready to bust fast? Lick a license. A hey, lick her license. We've got entirely too many troublemakers here. Hello! I am an FBI agent. You look like a blueberry. I don't give a damn what you think you are entitled to. Do you know who I am? You that silly ass reporter from the Channel 5 News. I'm Mo Green. What are you looking at, butthead? Let's go, let's go, I'm bored, let's go. We are joined by a special guest today, and I guess we should get to that before we move any further. Sure. Uh, my name is Alex. I am the CEO and founder of Stay Acation. Um, mm. We are a okay. uh, real estate company. Um, that uh, doesn't sell any real estate, but makes you think about what you can do with the real estate in your own home. Uh, wow. Which, you, you, that was a pivot. Wow. You don't you don't dabble in real estate, no. but you try to keep your estate real, of so to speak. A, I thought it was a real uh, well, estate thing. I mean, you could say that. So it's I mean, about staycations. It's about transforming your home into a place that feels like a vacation. Yeah, you know, a good friend of mine cracked a joke the other day um, after I, I worked on his home. Um, and he told me that I turned his living room into a, what did you say out there, Pollard? It was, was a, uh, it felt to me like it was a lively room. A lively room. Wow. That's, Instead that's of it. just and, living, it was somewhere where and, you could be lively. You know what? And, and Pollard's right. He is the friend that said it outside. I don't want to, you know, <laughs> blow true. him up on his own podcast. It's true. I acted like I didn't know who you were, but the truth is I do. A lively room. You're so that's what friend. the company can do for you. I would kill for a comfortable place to relax. My real passion is my company. Oh, wow. You have passions on passions. Which your podcast is a part of. And on of. top of that, exactly. So I, I thought, you know, passion on passion, there's no crime there. Let's bring them together. Let's see what can happen. You know, and that's what brought me to you guys. And, and we're talking about passion, and we're talking about crime. And uh, how fitting would it be to have you join us today for this Bad Boys movie 
uh, it's just a great it's a great opportunity to have you here. I really well, thank you so it. much for having me. I, you know, I, I've been a big fan for some time, and you know, with Sorbo following you guys now, I had no choice. I had no choice. <laughs> right? I mean, Not a lot of you're going to be on the right side of history or the wrong side of history, and I chose the right side of history. Okay? Similar to our film critic Dan from Portland, Alex didn't pay anything to join the podcast today. Unlike super fan Matt Bailey, right? Uh, Alex all- agreed to have us on his podcast. It's turned out to be kind of quite sad. You know, in the beginning, Matt was you know a huge fan of mm-hmm. obviously a big donor but i feel sort of guilty that we've let multiple people See, on I, without paying anything i feel guilty but also these sweatsuits are amazing they are very comfortable yeah. very nice and uh thank so, you matt thank for you the matt sweatsuits yeah. and uh on that note let's jump into bad boys 1995's which, which, bad boys what you gonna do what, what you gonna, gonna do when they come for you bad boys bad boys <laughs> what you gonna do oh we just do it once <laughs> Okay, I was going to... I kind of wanted to get to the... I think we just Sounds sounds like we got there. (laughs) Uh, Great song and great movie. Yeah, why don't we start with first impressions on Bad Boys? Uh, I had never seen this movie. Um, we shocking. brought it. We <laughs> it is kind of shocking because you know I'm all about '90s action movies, um, but I kind of have never really been a huge Michael Bay fan, so this movie didn't appeal to me much. But I watched it yesterday, and I actually enjoyed it a lot more than I thought I would. Mm-hmm. I had very low expectations, and uh, for me, the entire movie rode on Martin Lawrence's performance. Right. Um, There's so many shortcomings to this film that we'll touch on. It's too long. The bad guys aren't fleshed out at all. Tia Leone leaves a lot to be desired for such a big role. But Martin Lawrence and his chemistry with Will Smith, who honestly plays a very... What I liked about it is Will Smith, we know him as this huge movie star A-list powerhouse who like right. dominates the screen in every movie he's in. But in this movie, he really takes a backseat and doesn't have that kind of Will Smith swagger yet. And I actually really enjoyed seeing like a toned down version. And so for me, I would watch this movie uh, you know, a handful of times more just because I've only seen it once yeah. and I really enjoyed it. Will Smith was cool, but he wasn't. He was also vulnerable. Yeah. And, like, uh, you can make fun of him. Like, Martin Lawrence makes fun of him plenty of times and stuff. And it's not like he's this um, impenetrable guy that he, he is later in movies. Well, in, in every movie, Will Smith is the guy dropping the lines that make you laugh. Right. That make you think, oh, he's cool. And in this movie, Ma- Martin Lawrence was doing that. I Yeah. Like. like, halfway through when we watched it yesterday, it was like, oh, this is a Martin Lawrence movie, not a <laughs> Will Smith movie. Right. I mean, not to get all 2019 on you guys, but don't you think that's kind of a... Um a skewed perspective. Will was this suave, handsome, well-dressed, Still is. accomplished, you know, trust fund little baby running around Miami, mm-hmm. slaying these women. Right. I think it's easier to take his relationship with women in the movie in the direction of like his disrespect towards women <laughs> under a 2019 lens. Yeah. Like, I think most people who would watch this today would write him off as like a disrespectful, arrogant guy like mm-hmm. the voicemail message that's left on his phone machine is like ridiculous event oh yeah event <laughs> showing up at his house and immediately beginning to undress it's yeah. like i'm not so sure a lot it's of women miami, are swooning dude. it's over miami him. it's miami yeah, in the 90s the you know? girl right the, a lot of latin music in the clubs <laughs> the girl that is introduced down. as like 
the crux of the movie that is he goes to her at the gym and he's like hey oh you know God. get this information for Max. us she's killed right. and he you know has you know a morning period let's say he go- he gets wasted for 12 hours and then kind of moves on a little bit you can tell that he doesn't reciprocate it he's not like a, no, absolutely. a great I guy like he's just yeah I, like I, you said slaying girls yeah i don't <laughs> think that his like his depression that sets in i don't think is very like founded on anything like uh, it's sad to see anybody die and he's a cop and he's at a crime scene but he's very um relaxed when they find the dead guy for the first time mm-hmm. and in this case like he knows the girl i understand it being a little bit different but like the amount of uh acting that he puts into that scene on on how sad and how much this has affected him it's like she was probably just another girl in the rolodex for this guy for so. sure he he literally just turns off his pager gets wasted and like ends up with a black eye and a headache the next day and it's like oh yeah i'm getting over it whatever you think he's gay he no. ends up with a black guy the no next day? <laughs> no he, that was he, the extended cut. no he gets a concussion because he's thrown out of a window and he runs in with the gangsters oh i see it's a not black a eye. <laughs> Um, Pollard, first impressions. Um, this movie is a classic, and I thought I saw it before, but <laughs> but watching it, like I didn't remember anything, so it definitely felt like it was the first time if it wasn't. And um, I thought the whole trading places thing was a little confusing for the plot. Like they could have had it as a part, but I feel like it was driving the plot too much. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, it could have been a very easily cleared up, yeah. like, minor yeah. thing, and instead they dragged it out for an hour and a half. Yeah, like, there's a mm-hmm. lot of yeah. scenes that are devoted to just that part of the movie, yeah. where it's funny that Will's taking the place of Martin Lawrence, and Martin Lawrence is taking the place of Will but Smith. But also, it's not that funny. <laughs> <laughs> right. And the comedy is great, but it's combined with too much of that. I thought the movie was, like, a little... What I mean confusing is, like, it was confusing of itself, like, what it was trying to do. Yeah. And, yeah, I, f- and I feel like it's a combination of what you have, you know, some of its parts were with Michael Bay, like that part is clearly seen in the movie. But then if you put Will Smith and Martin Lawrence together, like you have to pull on the comedy aspect. Yeah. And so they're forced to kind of do both at the same time. Yeah. And while I enjoy comedy and action movies, this was like a little bit split. I was reading the uh, IMDb trivia for this and originally it was going to be uh, Eddie Murphy and Wesley Snipes, which arguably like might have worked better because no way but okay hear me out it would have been different wesley snipes sure could have different. sold the like grizzled cop like serious side and eddie murphy right. has done 10 movies where he's like a funny cop mm-hmm. but like in this movie will smith is playing the like more serious cop i guess and it's just like you want to see him palling around and they're both just palling around and i think it could have used a little bit more like seriousness like take right, take right. the bad guys seriously take yeah. like your job seriously like they're both kind of just you know hamming it up and like playing mm-hmm. off of each other and no one feels like they're actually the guy that's gonna get this solved you know yeah it could have been like a cool serious kind of movie with yeah. those two in it yeah um who do we think wins in a fight eddie murphy and wesley snipes Versus Will Smith and Martin Lawrence. Dude. Like two versus two? Yeah, two on two. I take Will Smith and Martin Lawrence strictly because of Will Smith and Ali and his boxing True. training. True. He could for sure still But Wesley Snipes is yeah, he's fucking blade. Yeah, Wesley yeah. Snipes is a powerhouse. It's hard Eddie to Murphy. That. Are they like, fighting think... now? Yeah. They're both they're all question. fighting at their primes. <laughs> at their primes? Yeah. LeBron I don't know versus Jordan. Martin Lawrence is like five foot six, dude. 
I was shocked at how small he was in the movie. Yeah. That's yeah. the weak link. Yeah, like... Eddie Murphy would murder. Yeah, yeah. Mark if you Lawrence. just watch the scene of him at the gym, like trying to lift weights, you mm-hmm. know your answer. Yeah, right. I bet That's... Eddie Murphy was yoked in his prime. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Eddie yoked? Murphy, dude. Yeah, I bet he was. Yoked. I bet in his prime, absolutely. he's been yoked at a point. But in are his we life. talking yeah. career prime or physical prime? Because Eddie Murphy's career physical prime, prime, physical prime was okay. obviously yeah. physical prime. Well, I was gonna say his career prime is like you know SNL no, slash Beverly Hills. No, it's not like who lost weight for a movie or who bulked up for a movie, but it's just like who got who at their peak. Martin Lawrence looks kind of ripped in this movie. This probably was his prime. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I think Martin Lawrence is scrappy, but I don't think he he takes on yeah, Eddie I was, or Wesley. I was dude. thinking about it, and I was like, one of the reasons this movie worked for me is because Martin Lawrence is like thin and kind of ripped like thinking about bad boys 3 where he's like still just like cracking these jokes and can't get laid and he's just like bigger and like older it's like that's why this next one's not gonna work i think it might dude i'm excited i'm excited for the reunion my my reunion come in january exactly Mm -hmm. right My, my take on it is i loved it obviously looking at it at the the lens from the present it's it's a bit dated plot line has holes in it yeah, the whole middle chunk could have you, you could have cut out twenty minutes of the middle of the movie. Yeah. Wouldn't have changed your perspective on the movie at all. Would it still would have been funny? Still would have gotten the action scenes. So I agree with you guys there. Um, but I do love the buddy cop. Like it's basic as shit, but it's mm-hmm. hilarious, dude. I feel like Martin and Will during the the you know mid nineties when this came out, they were progressive as shit on the screen. Like this was like funnier, like funnier shit that you weren't getting before. And I think that's why. Because I've seen it before, I had this like soft spot of like I fucking love this. Yeah, movie and now when out. you watch it, it's not as progressive, obviously. So yeah, you're not surprised. Like you know what they're capable of. Yeah, but exactly. At the time, it was new. Well, and it was always you know a white guy and a black guy or two white guys. You know, like Jackie this is, Chan and Chris Tucker. Exactly, it's Asian like a guy. mismatch pairing. And in this movie, it's like no two. You know, like like two black guys um no but like it's like the first yeah we'll cut it okay (laughs) i didn't know how to phrase it but it's like you know it's that is that was very progressive at the time is like pairing that up and like it worked and like if they're not as charismatic and like like they were both there was martin and there was fresh prince of bel-air like around this time like they were both like doing that on the tv Uh screen and then like got paired up in this movie and it is like why it works is their chemistry like if they're not in it like yeah i don't think it i don't think it. i feel like for that time having those two especially like you know coming up in the industry being young dudes they like killed it i felt Uh yeah Um, and that's a big fucking movie to get with michael bay as well michael bay directed bruckheimer produced like it doesn't get any bigger i don't know like their uh career progression as it relates to movies and how big they got over the course of time but i would imagine that this would obviously have uh, anchored them and helped them like really launch up to that that a-list level oh yeah absolutely aaron mentioned that this was michael bay's first movie was it really what yeah this was his, was first, his first movie as a director. Yeah. No way. He did like music videos and commercials. Yeah. Prior. No way. Yeah. Like, wow. I had no idea. Martin Lawrence for sure hadn't done a movie like yeah. of this stature. Will Smith, same thing. Like he was in movies, but like small parts in like indie films, you know? Oh, yeah. And so like this really was like the launching pad for all of them. And looking back, you're like, wow, what an insane cast. But at the time, like it was a big risk, you totally. know, like you were saying, like very progressive, very like risk-taking and like it did it that's why it kind of worked i think probably so we begin the film um we're introduced to our two main characters they don't mention their names ever right no they, they definitely do oh, really 
Yeah, we have uh, Jerry Bruckheimer produced flashes on the screen. We get directed by <laughs> Michael Bay. And those are the two main characters. No, we we have Will Smith and Martin Lawrence. It's Miami, um, and we're kicking it off in uh, Will's car. How much is uh, Will Smith's car in the movie? Ninety thousand. Hundred and five. It's a hundred and five thousand dollar Porsche. I believe it's a nine eleven turbo. Did anyone do that conversion rate? Nineteen ninety five dollars. Pollard did. We have an eight minute segment later on it, but we'll okay. we'll hold off for now. Right. I'm excited okay. for that. Little teaser. I'm still working out some of the numbers, but um, Will Smith claims in the movie that it's a hundred and five thousand dollar Porsche. Uh, Martin Lawrence isn't that impressed because all he wants in a car is some cup holders and a back seat, maybe. And a back seat, which he doesn't have. And we really begin the uh, what becomes a very consistent and drawn out um, comparison between the two characters. Mm-hmm. You know, Will Smith is a player. You know, he's not interested in settling down, and Martin Lawrence is the the family guy dad character. So it doesn't take but thirty seconds to yeah. sort of pin them against each other in that way. And uh, then we're diving right back in to an intense plot, and we're in a robbery van yeah. or uh, some sort of a heist. Right. It yeah. looks like, yeah. and uh, they have this guy who's dressed up as a fake cop, and um, the ringleaders in the van shoot him outside, um, you know, throwing him outside of the van. Um, they put in a call that an officer's down, distracting the police, so that these guys can pull off this sort of heist. What we come to find out later is they're actually stealing bricks of heroin from the police station. Pretty risky heist. Yeah, it was. It was. Um, it was. It was Mike and Marcus's biggest bust. So That's that was right. they were saying it was worth what was it like 150 million or 100 million, right? 100 so yeah, a ridiculous amount of money at yeah. the time. Yeah. yeah. Right. And so the crew breaks into the roof. They have these like pretty fancy looking night vision goggles. Some of the equipment is kind of funny. Um, you know, they explain they only have 20 minutes to do it. They're rappelling down air conditioning ducts. They're like using all of the tropes. There's a Yeah, night. there's an insane amount of fog. Like there was in like early '90s action movies, yeah. like just oh, yeah. coming through grates and stuff. And oh it's yeah, like, it's like the rock. Uh, so you yeah. need more rock. steam in this. <laughs> yeah, get it really I liked him. I really liked the ice on the lock. Did you guys catch that? Yeah. Oh yeah, dude. there was like a short clip. It was like of the that. air duster that you use in your office <laughs> yeah. to get the chips yeah, out of your it's keyboard. Like, I know how to dude. get this lock. We're gonna freeze it. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> That's all it takes to break into the biggest heroin bust in Miami history. Exactly. So they're in and out quick. They get what they're they're coming for, and the takeaway is that it's a very professional operation and so we're set up like okay these cops that we know are bad boys mm-hmm. are going up against a pretty professional crew oh, yeah. we get to see um martin wake up in bed he's called into the cop station right away and uh, we're introduced to our the chief Captain. the chief is he the his, chief his name's conrad joey he's, pants yeah he's it's like joey a, pants he's like a miniature mike ditka with that haircut. <laughs> yeah. Ridiculous. When they show up at the cop station, Joey Pants shows them the scene and the heroin that's stolen out of the evidence vault. Um, we have a little cameo from the lady from CSI, or yet to be in CSI. Um, she explains that this had to have been an inside job. She well, looks this- like Sharon Stone in Casino. Yeah. Like mm. the end of the movie, cocaine Sharon Stone in Casino. So Also 95. Of course you have Will and Martin, who we know are part- partners. Um, we're introduced to Sanchez and Ruiz. Mm-hmm. Love them. Which, why are we introduced to them? I yeah. didn't catch on that they were Latin at all. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and they're uh, they're told that they need to back up um, our two main guys. Yeah. But like you mentioned, like they don't do anything. They're in, the in two scenes for like 30 seconds. Yeah. And it's it's them doing very like over the top, right. like Desi Arnaz arguments. Yeah. Like, 
to I, hammer listening home. Listening to reggaeton. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're really, really harsh with each other and the jokes. Like, yeah. there's no limits to the sort of, like, rousing that they get out of each other. But I think it pays off later because in the end... You have Will Smith and Martin Lawrence's character come to them and say, like, hey, we need your help. Mm-hmm. And you kind of get this feeling like, okay, we'll drop all of the jokes. Like, yeah. we, we're getting down to serious business. So, yeah. it I just, don't know it if it's worth it. It but. felt unearned because it seemed like they were, like, combative towards one another. Yeah. And now they're coming together. But, but that, you know, whatever. that teaches you a thing or two about Miami PD, man. That's right. You know, they stick together. Yeah. La like Familia, the, the family. No matter where whatever we it came is. from, yeah. we're all brothers. Yeah, bad boys. <laughs> we're all bad boy brothers. Um, we got a, 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 the clock is set because they explain that we have 72 hours before the FBI and DEA come in and shut us down. I thought this was a good use of the plot. It makes sense mm-hmm. that if you it was love a- Michael Bay movies with a time crunch, yeah, well, a la Armageddon, <laughs> it's true. Even if it takes three hours to fulfill it, uh, I'm all in. So Will Smith and Martin Lawrence decide to go to their uh, trusty tires guy. That's their first lead, Jojo Imperioli. Yeah, that's right, the guy from The Sopranos, Christopher. Also Christopher in- Moltisanti. Yeah, Moltisanti. He's in The Goodfellas. Yeah, um, Spider. He doesn't give him much, but he's introduced. And we're going to use them later. They stop by the boxing ring and we meet Maxie or Max, Max. the girl that Max. obviously has some interest in Will Smith, as does every woman that Will Smith Who wouldn't. comes across. But she's also, you know, we find that she's an informant as well, and that's mm-hmm. why he's visiting her, right? Yeah, he asks her to, uh, you know, find out what you can. Yeah, yeah. I was very confused. I didn't About get money the- moving. I didn't get like the that. idea she was an informant. I didn't understand what her and Tia Leone were doing there. It was all very I, confusing for me. It was something to do with like keep an eye on if anyone's spending big money out there or mm-hmm. something like that. And then we see what you can find. And then we, we come to find well, that like, she's are, are, like a, a call girl. Okay. Right? So she's on her journey um, and she's about to <laughs> run into Eddie. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, the, our cops get to uh, get a lead on who installed the air conditioning ducts. That's oh. a big deal. Because whoever installed those mm-hmm. must know how to break into the vault. And so they get into a fancy house. You have some fun, Will and Martin, back and forth with the... Uh, I tripped. The handle just opened stuff at the front of that what house. What was Will Smith's name in this? Uh, Mike. I don't remember. Mike. No. Okay. Mike. That was, was it? it? That wasn't yeah. it. What was it? It was Mike Lowry. Mike oh, Lowry. Oh, I'm okay. sorry. I'm sorry. You're right. It was Mike Lowry. Uh, what? No, no. No. What? They don't ever call him it's Mike. It's not Mike Lowry. It's... Mike Lowry. Mike Lowry. Mike Lowry. Okay, every time I say, I'm about to say his name, I'll point at you, and then you just fill in the gap. We'll all say, Mike Lowry. Lowry. (laughs) We still haven't said it one-fifth as much as they say it in the movie. Not enough, in my opinion. Not enough. So, uh, Martin Lord's character and Mike Lowry find find a dead body on a table. Oh, yeah. And uh, Mike Lowry is... uh, not like really turned at all from and, it. And this was something that I had an issue with. Uh, they're cops. This mm-hmm. is a crime scene. They're just yeah. like moving papers, grabbing hands, rifling through his pockets, like not documenting any of no. this, just going to town on this course. And everything, it's like, yeah. this is where it's like, you don't look like a cop. You look yeah. like guys just having a laugh, like yeah. trying to have fun in Miami. Like, who does that? It really yeah. bothers me. They also me leave out. without like making a call or like setting a scene. No, no it's not. Let's call up. this in. It's, it's, we got like his wallet and uh, let's. Uh, yeah, they found out he's a gambler. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. He's into like some weird so game he, I've never heard that's of. That's why he needed the money to whatever. That's why he worked with these bad guys. Mm-hmm. It's There's this weird thing about Will's family leaving him money like he's a trust fund baby. Mm-hmm. Which I just don't know if that fits into the script. It's just an easy explanation for him having a ton of money. Yeah, yeah his why he's so fla- lifestyle. Exactly. Yeah. Why he's so like, flashy. You know, I mean, right. Because they have the same job. There's no yeah. follow up questions. There's no, like, how to get his money. Like, yeah. It's just that. So it's an easy explanation. Yeah. Being a cop is, is sexy, but being a rich cop is yeah. sexier. In right. this scene, they say that they are bad boys. And they also sing to the iconic Bad That's Boys song. That's the movie. And, and they're also in an argument. Like, they're very they're mad at each other. They're always in an argument. This is a whole movie they're arguing. No, I know, yeah. but this it's is... just nonsense. This is the only real argument. Maybe there's another one, but this one was like Will Smith legitimately saying, fuck you, like, fuck yeah, you for not right. appreciating where I've come from but and the hard work I do. But you also have the feeling that they've had that conversation... Yeah, but my point is, all it takes is the Bad Boys song to come on, and one second later, yes, it's Bad Boys. Right. Bad boys. And it's like you were right, just yeah. fighting. Like yeah. what? Yeah. I know when the Survivor theme song comes on, I freak out too, so I can relate. <laughs> Anytime me and you are fighting, I just start doing that. Yeah. Got to calm him down. You change into your probes outfit, yeah. and you're just ready to go. And then you're just like, you want to talk last episode of yeah. Survivor? And I'm like, anything to get out of this you fight. Pull, you always keep your didgeridoo at hand yeah. just in case. Yeah, Kyle's really good at diffusing situations. <laughs> yeah, that's great. We should record a survivor intro. Previously on Survivor. You guys know the rest. Anyway. What's next? Um, <laughs> meanwhile, Maxie is headed Maxie. to a party. I'm doing air quotes for those of you who can't see me. Everyone oh, yeah. can see us. The live stream. She's, uh, she shows up to this fancy house with um, Taya Leone, who Julie. plays Julie. Yep. Mm-hmm. There's a not very approachable guy waiting for them. Um, the guy with the brick of heroin cut open. Yeah, he's just... <laughs> that he's snorting for some yeah, reason? Yeah, he's snorting heroin. The heroin is white. <laughs> um... <laughs> And it's in a huge brick. And the way he acts is very much cocaine. Right. Like, the way that they play the drug in the movie is cocaine, not heroin. Yeah, Michael Bay's never done drugs. (laughs) Yeah, he's like very... Or talked to anyone who's done drugs. He's very animated, and he's like jittery, and he's on edge. Right. And it's just like, that's not... Joey Pants is like, they took all the heroin, and I was like, that was heroin? That wasn't cocaine? But then the next scene, it's this one, and you're like, they're acting like they're on heroin. They're snorting it. It's just like, All the bad guys throughout the movie are just snorting this heroin. Yeah, and it's like that, that something got flubbed there. Yeah. Uh, while the party is um, going on, I guess if you could call it a party. party they refer it's to it. Two chicks and him. Yeah. They and were, he's snorting. They're immediately are like five minutes or whatever. Yeah. Julie, our Taya Leone character, is, uh, goes to the bathroom. She kind of separates herself from the group, and these gangsters show up. And you come to find out that the drugs that this guy has were stolen. And can we and call were, them gangsters? Because. This is one of the biggest issues I had with the movie is that, like, I don't take them seriously. Like, the bad guy is in it hardly at all, but mm-hmm. his posse 
it's literally like Roadhouse Part Two. Right. It is like Tinker yes. and you know mm-hmm. Brad Wesley's ragtag gang, but in Roadhouse they're like general ruckus ripping off locals. Mm-hmm. But yeah, in it's this like a small movie, town thing. Yeah, yeah, they're supposed to be like big heroin like, like drug lords, yeah. and it's like one guy looks like Kevin James with the Kangol hat. I wish. <laughs> one guy looks like Jerry from Parks and Rec. Yeah. Oh, like yeah. the other yeah. guy looks like. Tony Daytona, you know, yeah. <laughs> like it's just Shout out Tony Daytona. It's yeah. the least threatening crew of bad guys, and the bad guy himself is not threatening at all. I really thought that this whole thing was like a joke. Max, our prostitute, and this guy who's doing the heroin um, get shot. We've come to find out he's his name is Eddie Dominguez, and he was an ex-cop. Eddie gets executed. Um, Leone is able to get away, but she's spotted. And something you pointed out on the viewing today, Pollard came over to watch it inside. And when they're introducing that scene, Max and uh, Julie are walking up and it's like daytime and it's like that. And five minutes later, she's jumping off the roof and it's pitch black at night. It was such a bad inconsistency that you noted. And it was like, he was like, wow, it really got dark quick. (laughs) I was like, I didn't even notice that. You're right. When they get off, when she's on the roof, it's just all of a sudden nighttime. Pitch black. Exactly. And also, what house is this? Like, how did she get up eight stories to jump off of it? She had to go to the bathroom. It was Al Capone's house. And that's what she's navigating up. And the fact that when she jumps off, the gunmen who are just like blasting their machine guns don't even point or shoot at her at all. And she's yeah. just like waiting in the pool like, oh my gosh, I survived. It's yeah. like, yeah. Ah, she got okay, away. Cool. No, they're actually arguing about who shot her. I got her. No, I got her. <laughs> it's like, none of you got her. You didn't even shoot. Um, she gets Fucking away. Fucking terrible henchmen. Our, our main characters, Marcus and how he finds out that there's two shades of lipstick on the champagne glass. That's yeah. very good investigative work. It is and it isn't. It would be easy to look at a champagne glass, see some lipstick on it, and not think twice about it. Yeah. That's if you've never worked on a case. But this is Mike Lowry. Yeah, this This is also the guy that didn't, didn't, you know, take any notes on the last crime scene, just ransacked the place, didn't call in the murder. So, yeah, he's one for two now, I guess. (laughs) Do you like your boys bad? I'm talking real bad. Operating a vehicle and turning on light switches during Shabbat, bad. Then you need bad goys. These waspy Protestant hunks of Gentile man meat are ready to party. They're so not Jewish, they don't even know the difference between a hamatashen and a gefilte fish. Rent out bad goys to piss off your traditional, conservative, or Hasidic Jewish relatives. Did I mention these boys are not Jewish? Most have foreskins and are not shy about eating animals that don't chew the cud. Leviticus 11.3. So our only hope for this case, of course, is Julie. And she's the witness that got away. She calls the cop station. And uh, there we have Joey Pants and uh, Marcus. And she's only willing to talk to Mike Lowry. Of course. Because of one sentence that her friend said right before they walked in the door and nothing else. It was, if I'm ever in trouble, I'm calling Mike Lowry. And it was like, I'm not talking to anyone but Mike Lowry. And it's like... I mean, they were close, though, right? Max asked Julie to be a hooker for an afternoon. And Julie was like, I'm down because this is my girl and I will ride for her. But if her friend doesn't say that one five-word sentence, then she's just cooperating really nicely with the cops the whole movie. I'm pretty (laughs) sure if you're in her situation, you're looking for like police involvement and you're going to call the cops. And talk to whoever right. picks up on the other end. 
But she's very interested in Mike Lowry, and this forces Martin Lawrence's character to act as if he is Mike Lowry. Yeah, a little Freaky Friday situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of like mm-hmm. Face Off meets Freaky Friday yeah. meets Fat Boys. Which, like, yeah. it's... It makes way. It makes a ton of sense for Joey Pants to be like, just say you're him. Mm-hmm. Like that's an easy way to get her. She's the witness. We need her. I didn't expect it to launch into a whole plot that would last right. the rest of the movie. Yeah, you expected you know? a handoff after five minutes. It's of an meeting. easy Will like comes get over, her in. Actually, we'll this is it. Mike Lowry. We needed yeah. to tell you this because <laughs> this was the only way we could get you to agree. Yeah, we just wanted easy. to take care of you. Yes. And here's why. Right. This is rational. You Instead, understand, right? And she's like, oh my gosh, thank you. I totally chaos get it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Instead, it's like I live at your house. You you make my kids breakfast. Yeah. Let's <laughs> let's do this for a and week. We just have to go with it. Joey Pants tells him that he doesn't sound sexy enough on the phone right. <laughs> like you're not coming across like Mike Lowry it's true you need to sound sexier like, because yeah. like we've already established he's the sexier Joey Pants <laughs> knows how sexy Mike Lowry can sound and that's not it oh that's not Mike yeah <laughs> Martin Lawrence shows up to uh, Taylor Leone's place and he's practicing the I'm Mike Lowry before opening the oh, door I love this uh, she calls him out and she's convinced suddenly that there's no way he's Mike Lowry because yeah. I guess he's been described to her differently and it's like you're not sexy enough yeah. and she just like doesn't believe it's him and starts going at him with a bat yeah saying Max wouldn't be down with you and she's willing to go to into protective custody but not in a normal situation she's like I'll go back with you to mm-hmm. your place so Martin Lawrence has to play it up with this guy at the front desk because yeah. Mike Lowry lives in a apartment building with a mm-hmm. front desk guy. He was Mocha Joe in Curb Your Enthusiasm. He was Mocha Joe. Yeah. Classic Curb character. And the uh, Becker, right? Becker, yeah. yes. All you Becker heads out there know so, what we're talking about. All you Becker heads and Curb fans, <laughs> the little guy who plays Mocha Joe and whatever the fuck his name is on Becker, that's the guy we're talking about. Um, so they settled down in uh, Mike Lowry's apartment with uh, Marcus and Julie. There's some comedic moments with Marcus not know, obviously knowing like where the light switch is. Oh, it's he's, great. He's Stumbling tri- and falling. He's tripping over yeah. stuff. It's, it's, it's a, one of the scenes where Martin Lawrence is really flexing like, I'm the guy that's making this movie work. Like... I, 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 I'm, Which, I don't know why so, I'm tripping on shit. I know where everything is. Like you classic. Know? Oh, so it's like, so good. I'm always moving my switches. I'm always <laughs> moving my switches. So yeah. I'm assuming these guys that have been longtime partners and friends mm-hmm. have spent time certainly at Mike Lowry's place. Absolutely. Right. He's got the cool bachelor pad. He's richer. He's got a suite. Martin Lawrence has for sure gone there to like just chill and blow off steam from his family. Absolutely. And he knows where nothing is. In the place. Just thinking going to any one of your places, I could fake it a little bit, you know? More than he's doing. So um, they settle in. The next day, the real Mike Lowry gets back to the station. He's got a concussion. And they meet Joey Pants in a basketball court? That was weird. Is that at the police station? I don't. I couldn't tell if it was a police station or like a Y or yeah, something. Yeah, it, lo- it looked like they walked into the police station, but once they got to the chief, it would look like he was in the Y with a, th- a hundred balls Just on the floor. Just putting up Jays. Yeah, holy shit! <laughs> that was like twelve racks, like full racks. Like he's he's gonna make varsity. Oh next my year. god, that was the most ridiculous scene I think in the movie. And honestly. he's terrible at basketball, which is like a, get a layer of humor, but not really. It's, he, yeah. He's smoking like a fat Cuban cigar. Mm-hmm. That's right. Throwing up fucking. Bread. I was just like, what is happening here, dude? It was honestly, it was shocking. He's so sweaty. Oh, like, and so it's like you were working out hard, but you're also smoking a huge stogie. Ridiculous. He's he's like, 
I was getting them all in before you showed up. Oh. And it's like, you don't even know lingo. Like, yeah. it's not like I was hitting all the jumpers. Right. It's like, I was getting them all in. Like, Nobody just, says that oh, when yeah. they play basketball. Yeah, it was, it felt like a Michael Bay thing. He's never done drugs. Yes. He's never yeah. played basketball. Yeah. Oh my God, yeah. let's do yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. you just going to be perfect. Yeah. You're just shooting jumpers. Like, people smoke cigars while they play basketball, my right? Yeah, it's like a... <laughs> it's the 90s. It's Miami. And then they, they also reference Michael Jordan's first retirement. Because right. it's 1995, right, and like he's, he's retired when he's, they filmed it, which yeah. is funny and like That's a time really capsule. Funny. This is the scene where it cemented that we got four days that the gangs until the gangsters make their deal, mm -hmm. and they have to play the parts of each other. Like we've played it already for a night that you're Mike Lowry. The only way that we keep her around is if you continue to play that role. You have to which, move into his place, and he's got to move into your place. Again, doesn't seem necessary based on the conversation we had earlier. I mean, they could just easily explain to her but then they go yeah. off in this All they have to 20 is... to 30 minute segment of this yeah. hilarity they just need a conversation so they have to go to marcus's house and explain to his wife that they're gonna switch places mm -hmm. and there's a great scene where they're fighting him husband and wife and uh, will smith mike lowry is uh right outside the bedroom interjecting himself into mm -hmm. their fight and i thought it was really playful you could tell there's a lot of what seemed to me like ad-libbing oh yeah in the for movie sure. for sure yeah. and then we go to the gangsters lair and they're mixing heroin and here's another inconsistency with like the drug and how much michael bay knows about drugs because they say it's heroin it looks like when the guys do it it's coke when you see them making it it's for sure meth <laughs> like the all the vials and the uh the whole drug lab it looks so much like a meth production mm -hmm. what, whatever you say mr bay yeah this is this is this is definitely heroin do it that way <laughs> Yeah, this is gonna be about drugs. I tell you, drugs. I need vials. I need cutting. I need like, smoke powder. It's like, yeah. White powder. It's all like, through the grates. Good yeah. thing, Mr. Bay. It's just a bunch of white powder in these trays. There's like green liquid in oh, beaker. Yeah. There's stuff that's like bubbling in the background. Um, there's a short scene at uh, Mike Lowry's place where Tay Leone's character finds all of the photos of Will Smith and he has to it's play really it up funny. like it's his yeah. partner. Oh, right. And he has a framed photo for every time that he's saved him. Yeah. <laughs> it made me think of Seinfeld episode where George is bringing a girl over to his house and there's pictures of him because it's his parents' house. Right. She's like, oh, most guys don't have baby pictures of themselves all over their place. <laughs> like, made me think of that where it's like, yeah, this is my male friend that I'm really close with. Uh, pretty soon after you have uh, Mike Lowry show up to the apartment, but he's got to play the role as Marcus mm. to keep the charade going. Yvette shows up. You have this woman who shows up for Mike Lowry. They have to play with that and make it seem and get her out of there. Uh, Dude, as I thought soon that was hilarious. Yeah. How Marcus was just saying like, she's crazy. She's crazy. She's a freak. I loved that scene. <laughs> it was just the same. It was the same thing that he did earlier with the phone message. Yeah. It's, it's what they've been doing for 45 minutes. <laughs> exactly. it's, I'm not who you think I am. You need to get out of here. You're going to blow it. <laughs> I loved it. I loved it. This is where you have Will Smith, like addressing all of the poop. The dog poop that's oh, yeah. everywhere in yeah. the apartment. He's like, I would be pissed yeah. if this was my place. Oh, you would let uh, this dog just uh, walk up on your nice leather couch or, uh, yeah. oh, on the bed? Okay, let's go check that out. It's still, <laughs> it's a great, like, comedic moment, but it's still, like, six minutes when it could be two. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and then we go to Club Hell. I love my gothic castle Club Hell style, <laughs> like, joints, dude. They're awesome. Like, yeah. in 95, I guess raves were very, like, dark and underground. Seemed, so, going back to an earlier episode, it seemed like... 
like the fear right club the only yeah, difference like, was that it was like in miami so it was like maybe a little yeah. bit more kind of upscale or there's more character right. to it whereas yeah. in fear it's just like a warehouse tom segura has a joke about a strip club that's like got the worst title ever called beef and it's just like i'm more of a beef girl myself <laughs> <laughs> like that's what i think of when i hear club hell it's just like the worst yeah. name for just a lazy, club. Dude. Who would want to go there? No. Like it's it's atrocious. But at Tom Segura, we can't wait to do a pod on Staycation with you. It's mm-hmm. gonna be a blast. Five GFA and Staycation and Tom Segura. Your mom's house. Your mom's podcast. house podcast. Yeah. We'll see you there. Taylor Leone's character is supposed to just stay back home at the apartment, but she just gets like pissed off looking at the booking photo of this guy that they're going to get. So when the guys go to the club, but she decides that she's just gonna find a gun yeah. and join them. Why? She has this like psychotic moment. She's staring at the screen and she somehow finds Mike Lowry's pistol. Right. And just points yeah, at it. She and does. is just like pointing this pistol at this computer screen, then cuts to her in the fucking club, making somehow walking in immediately and making eye contact with the, the main bad guy, Fouché. I think the point is that she was so affected and like traumatized by what she had seen earlier that she's become a little twisted. Yeah. But nothing prior led you to believe that. Exactly. Yeah. Like in all of the conversations scenes she's not like twisted or upset yeah. or that distraught right from any of it it's it just a very like, quick 180 oh like, yeah she snapped um mike lowry's distracted by the women at the club so he's, he he's just giving up like doing any sort of cop work um while marcus goes to the bathroom and at the urinal he's confronted by the gangsters yeah mm-hmm. and they take a, a jersey mike's to go bag and they put it over his head <laughs> That was a cool scene, him. <laughs> like, did we know the guy peeing next to him was a bad guy? No, he just looked like a biker guy. Right, and Marcus keeps looking at him. Yeah. And, you know, and it's, oh, this is going to be a funny, are you looking at me while I'm peeing thing? Yeah. We knew because then, from like 800 feet away, the guy in the booth, the Tony Daytona character, right. spots Martin Lawrence. Yeah. The guy who's looking to kill him that he sees in the mirror, that's the bad guy. Mm-hmm. But the guy peeing right. next to him that puts the bag over his head, yeah. we didn't know that was a He bad was guy. another henchman that I they had. Not yet. Anyone ID'd. that came right. in at that point was that guy, but you're right. It was like, going it could to have be been a, a goofy. Yeah, like you're looking at me. my wiener. Yes. Yeah. And it and it turned out he no, he was in on it. Like he was. <laughs> um, he's able to get free. He bangs the guy's head on yeah, the urinal. Does. Yeah. And this is where Julie shows up, shoots the gun, and the brawl breaks out. So the gangsters are looking for her, Just and like they fear. find her. Um, and the gangsters are able to grab her and get away in the van, and our main characters end up in the van that has explosives. Yeah, it's the got ether. ether. That's yeah, right, that's it's right. got ether. They that's mention, like, what am I smelling? Which is extremely flammable, and Aaron from The Simpsons, I want you to do the... Inflammable means flammable? <laughs> what a crazy country! <laughs> That's what I thought of, and I wrote it down. I said, Aaron does inflammable <laughs> quote. I'll, I'll do a better one in post. <laughs> we'll hang on to that for now. Um, so they're in this car chase, and uh, they're playing up the fact that like Martin Lawrence is not as much of a man as Will Smith because he's not a great driver, yeah. and he ends up picking a road that they run out of road on. Um, but Will Smith uh, begins tossing out the ether at the car behind him, causing a, a huge explosion. Uh, but they're a little upset that that there goes their only lead to the dope. And Me- meanwhile, they've blown up like streets, they've exploded cars, and there's no repercussion. Which, like, if you watch it for the first time, we're like, this Michael Bay guy, he's willing right. to go there. Yeah, <laughs> he's, yeah he's willing to blow up anything. I like this. <laughs> this is fine. <laughs> 
They go to the liquor store. The guys resort again to arguing as a distraction when the liquor store attendant pulls a gun on them. Is that really a distraction? Do you guys think that they're actually doing that on purpose? Like, oh, we're we're old partners, so we always do that. You think that's the thing? Yeah. I always just thought that that was just them arguing. Part of their constant bickering. I think they are arguing, but I think they're also arguing because they know they need to get the drop on this guy. Mm. Yeah, no, I think it's a thing that they do. Uh, back at the apartment, Taya Leone describes feeling funny to Martin on the bed, and it's supposed to be understood that she's turned on. Yeah. It's just weird to me, the way that she comes on to him. And in the middle of the situation Again. where she's, like, basically a hostage. It's the same thing as the whole, like, grabbing the gun. It's like... There was never any sexual tension mm-hmm. between them. It's just like zero to 60. Like, I'm on the bed. Look at yeah. me. Like, I, I like, totally saw that scene differently. I thought that she was doing that because at this point in the, the movie, after seeing knows, Will Smith, yes. she knows. And she's just uh, messing okay. with him. I, she's yeah. just kind of playing with him a little bit and just confirming what her guess is that he's Marcus is actually Mike Lowry and Mike Lowry is, is actually, actually Marcus. I saw it that way too but why not at that point call him out when he doesn't do anything because she had surprise later yeah but I think because she wants to have the upper hand Marcus <laughs> is able to get out of that situation and he calls home and he overhears his wife say Mike put it back in Marcus will kill us if he finds out I give it to me scene. I love this scene of course it, as the audience we we know that he's talking about a photo and a photo album but uh, Marcus flips out. No, but he hasn't had a lot of quality time. Yeah. You know what happens when you don't have quality time, right? And, and and Mike Lowry is always talking about how he's getting all this, you know, Miami, you know. <laughs> Mike Lowry. So, you know, he's a little self-conscious. You know, he's he's out of the game. He has two kids. You know, he is not, not, not slaying in Miami like Big Willie. So, you know, he's scared. Yeah. So Marcus is forced to drive home and try to sneak into his own house. Just an excuse for some physical comedy. Just so we can pound off watching Mike Lowry give it to his wife. (laughs) And the gangsters, uh, meanwhile, are staking him out. But they're kind of just like, we don't have to intervene at all because it looks like these two are now (laughs) about to shoot each other. Exactly. And our two like secondary cop characters crew shows up with a little bit of value here. They sneak up and they are able to capture one of the gangsters and they... Uh, interrogate him. Um, they get a name out of him, and then well, let's talk about that interrogation scene really quick. Sure. So, so that was one of the more hilarious moments in the movie for me, and it was just it, the reason being is well, first of all, the henchman getting interrogated. The, yeah, the, one of the henchmen of the bad guys, right? Uh, one of the guys that was staking out uh, Marcus's house yeah. and gets caught by the two by other Ruiz and Sanchez. Yes, our our, our Latin cops. And I pick up on them being Latin. <laughs> They're Latin. <laughs> so the the reason it was hilarious to me is so this big mass. Fabio henchman guys getting literally leaned on. So uh, one of the detectives is literally has a hand on his shoulder and is leaning on him and he's like, okay, I'll talk (laughs) immediately. And that's just, again, Michael Bay doing what he does best, you know, doing more with less. Like, how would I cave in this situation? Exactly. If I put pressure on me, I'd cave. Exactly. Literally put a little pressure, leaned on him on the shoulder and then boom, he's talking. Fouché is given up and they know where he's at. Yeah. Marcus and uh, Mike Lowry Mike Lowry. decide to go back to Sobrano's guy, tire guy. It's, yeah, it's Jojo. Jojo. It's pronounced Sparrows. Sparrows. <laughs> why? Why do they go back to him? He's just like their go-to guy when they have nowhere else to go. I didn't know. Why, I didn't get why they went back to him specifically, but he just knows what's going on. Yeah. We, Will Smith's character. There's definitely like a big focus on like he's a little hot-handed mm-hmm. because yeah. in this scene he pulls a gun on him when they don't necessarily have to. Yeah. And he's like, ooh, my hand's hot. (laughs) 
and he's hot-handed. Yeah, he's uh, he's ha- he's also heavy-handed. It's a heavy and a hot hand. Yeah, he's they, hot-headed. He's heavy-handed. But they're he's always hot-handed. they're continuing to talk about how he's killed a lot of people, and, it, and it's odd to me where you see these policemen like taking pride in like, man, you've killed so many people. No, you've killed so many people. You killed the last two people. It's like who does that? They again use the argument as a way to distract. And JoJo, our character from The mm-hmm. Sopranos, gives up a guy. It's like the nerd guy who's uh, involved in the production yeah. of the heroine. He's the scientist for the bad guys. So the guys plus Julie, because Julie's now a cop with them, <laughs> yeah, for yeah. some reason, decide to uh, go stake out this place that the lead that they got from JoJo. They spot the car and they follow him to the docks. You have uh, Marcus's kids who spot the news footage, and it's That's revealed. A good scene. And it's revealed that Marcus has not indeed left Mom! to Cleveland, no, like he said he was. And uh, the wife heads to Mike's apartment to get mm. some answers. Frustrating scene in that Martin Lawrence just is constantly like, I, I just, I when he, she, oh, dude, compose yourself. <laughs> And right. explain this totally legitimate situation <laughs> right. yeah. that's gone out of control, but not really, because it's still a very legitimate, sincere, yeah. Baby, just doing situation. your job. Baby, yeah. it was orders. It was orders. Yeah. Like, I know what it looks like. And he just describes the situation yeah. to her. Like, you're not doing yourself any favors. I think at that point, he is so horny from not getting yeah. laid this whole movie. Oh and only and talking Taliana about just, wanting just to get laid. Oh, that he just can't even get the words out of mm-hmm. that point. She finds that he doesn't have his wedding ring on. Like, oh. it's just... Given her ammo. And it's right there, and he puts it on in the second. And- so they're fighting, they're storming off. They end up in the lobby where the gangsters show up, and there's a shootout. And yeah. nobody gets killed here, but the a uh, vase gets broken. Someone we see gets a shot. vase explode. I think it's pronounced Vaz. Yeah, Vaz. We also do see an unnamed worker at the hotel get wasted. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. poor guy, you were yeah. just in the lobby. Been there. Um, but they get the girl. Julie is captured, and Will Smith runs to the car. Mm. It's like a car slash foot chase. He's rewarded because they crash pretty soon. Otherwise, the scene wouldn't have been able to play out. Mm-hmm. And uh, becomes a foot chase into another building, and they end up running through like a bikini photo shoot. Mm. And we get Will running with his shirt off. Yeah, or he has a loose shirt. Yeah, no, no, I remember it distinctly. Yeah, it was you this, do. It was this linen <laughs> shirt. They're able to sort of narrow in on these bad guys. They get a, a mobile phone call where they can start to track it. Uh, Joey Pants is called in for the SWAT team. The guys are there. The gangsters are all meeting at this huge deal. It's for $180 million. Their plan is to come crashing through the hangar with a huge trash truck. There's a huge shootout. There's everything that you could ever want in an action scene. Car crash, fires, explosions, a plane exploding. What was a stakeout inside of a hangar that explodes, turns into a car chase on the runway Mm -hmm. of the airport. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's like very confused. Yeah. Yeah. And then at the very end, you get the scene where the bad guy is supposedly like giving himself up. Mm -hmm. Will Smith neglects to shoot him, Mm -hmm. turns around. The bad guy pulls a gun out. Right. Little stripper gun. And the bad he, guy alphaed him so hard. Yeah. He's like, just shoot me then. Yeah. He, like, whatever yeah. his dialogue oh, is, yeah. is just like, do it, dude. And he's like, not going to do it. Yeah. It's so badass. Classic Lee yeah. Tang. Yeah. But then when he pulls the gun, he's able to do it. And he empties like four or five rounds into him. Well, you got to. The guy's pointing the gun at you. You want to put that man down. And then Melissa Etheridge plays. Come to my window. And that's the movie. <laughs> Here at 5GFA, we love movies. You know what's sort of similar to movies? Plays. And that's why we're excited to announce Martin Lawrence Foster Jenkins. 
You may remember the cinema classic Florence Foster Jenkins, starring three-time Academy Award winner Meryl Streep, and probably several-time Academy Award attendee Hugh Grant. I don't, I don't think I remember that. Sure you do. With memorable quotes like, Hello, I'm Florence Foster Jenkins. That, that doesn't ring a bell. I'm supposed to sing, but I can't sing at all. I know I didn't see this movie, but I saw the trailer and that wasn't in the trailer. I think you're making this up. People may say I can't sing, but no one can say I didn't sing. That's just wrong, and I'm offended. They're going through potato salad like they're large seabirds. At this point, it's 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 not worth my time to point out that you're wrong, but yes, this is a thing that's happening, and 5GFA is approving it, I guess? Yeah, you get the idea. It's a play? Our version is a one-man play starring Martin oh, Lawrence as Martin God. Lawrence Foster Jenkins. So go see it. Or forever regret going to see Martin Lawrence Foster Jenkins, the first play produced by 5GFA and ADW, coming probably soon to you. Let's jump into categories. Let's start with the best scene I saw. Kyle, what was the best scene you saw? The best scene I saw presented by uh, Stay Acation this week is the liquor store scene. Must have left my wallet somewhere. Freeze, mother bitches! Don't you move. I'm not understanding. I, I really don't. Shut but, up! I mean, do you just attract violent people? Fuck up. Take it easy. Hey. All right? We are police officers. We're not police officers. I'm well, not stupid. I know. What, 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 what are you? I've seen police. I'm gonna reach for my badge, okay? Badges? You want badges, mother bitch? I give you badges. Here, 99 cents each. Uh -huh. I sell you some. They got eight fucking badges. I told you this cop thing yeah. don't work. I blow you. Then I blow you. Blow me? What the fuck? No. Hot me. That's no, all right. I'm the Middle East. I kid before. I kill again. Fuck me, please. I'm gonna hold blow on. you. Hold me. Hold on. Do you see the fucking emotion I'm going through right now? That means this shit is serious, okay? That means me and this motherfucker's not vibing right now. That's what that shit means, okay? You got some on your chest? I got some. That's why the fuck do I'm you want some? Hello? I want some. The guy's got a cannon. What do you want? Do you want some? I want some. You want some bad enough, then you come get some. I'm going. Hey, freeze, bitch! You freeze, bitch. Oh, shit. I'm fucked. Now back up. Put the gun down and give me a pack of tropical fruit bubblicious and some Skittles. Uh, we kind of glossed over it, but um, before the scene starts, it looks so cool. I've never seen a setup for a scene where I was like, wow, I want to see what that is. It's like a huge neon sign with like an arrow and it looks so sick. And then they go inside and it's just a normal liquor store. And it's not exciting. And T. Leone's being a bitch, just being the whole animal testing thing. Um, but you see the funniest character in the movie who, in the name, his credit is just store clerk. They don't even give him a name, which I thought was disappointing. Right. I wanted to at Especially least. Especially after Post when you're like, yeah, oh, this, this guy great. killed Let's it. Let's give this guy a name. Yeah, just... he just. He, d he drops the freeze, mother bitches line, which... Yeah. <laughs> that was one of the best lines in the movie. It made me laugh for like oh 10 God. seconds. Like, that oh was God. where I was like, this movie is great. Mm -hmm. Is because, like, I genuinely laughed so hard at yeah. that. You want badges? I got badges right here for oh, 8 yeah. <laughs> I got badges here, mother bitches. He says it again. He does it twice. So I thought good. he was going to do, like, badges. 
I don't need no stinking badges. Yeah. But it was like kind of like that, but it wasn't. Yeah. And then it ends with them basically robbing him for candy, mm-hmm. which is a really interesting way to end the scene mm-hmm. as bad boys. Not even edible candy. Gum. Yeah. Just chewing on it. Yeah. Not even Skittles. Like, you know, yeah. And some Skittles. Yeah. But that guy was like... I, he's not my clutch award, but if he's anyone's clutch award, it's totally warranted. He's on the screen for 20 seconds, and he killed it. And I really like that. Was probably my favorite scene in the movie. Also, wow! Oh, um, like I love. There a quote I remember from this movie was and some Skittles. And like that was like I said it to Kyle before, like before the scene happened. I was mm-hmm. like I remember that, and so I love that part of the movie. Um, the scene I wrote down for the best one is the JoJo tire scene. Uh, the second one, the second, the second one, time yeah. they go to yeah. him. Yeah, uh, just I love Michael Imperioli from The Sopranos. Absolutely. So that made it a little more nostalgic and fun. But uh, I like their whole shtick because it's kind of a take on the good cop, bad cop. Yeah, I wrote down in my notes, Martin Lawrence is on fire in that scene. Oh, my like, God. Yeah. He's around the corner. He's off screen, yeah. Oh, don't, oh, don't, don't, don't shoot. It's going to be nasty. Yeah, like, <laughs> the brains get in there. They smell. Oh, what'd you say again, JoJo? What's the address? Oh, come on, man. Don't do it. And it's, it's <laughs> One more funny. time, what was that? <laughs> it's funny because Martin Lawrence, in the beginning of that scene, is, like, getting what they want. He's breaking mm-hmm. him down and getting information. Right. And Will Smith is like, nah, this isn't moving fast enough. Mm-hmm. So he steps in and just alphas Martin Lawrence. You know, best scene I saw came earlier on in the movie. And this is um, this is when Marcus Bennett, a.k.a. Martin Lawrence, is just waking up from a long night. His wife's in bed next to him. Um, and she asks him, you know, did you have sweet dreams? Marcus just simply looks under the sheets. <laughs> and then his wife... Teresa looks at him and just says, you nasty. And I was like, okay, so what, I mean, it's been clear throughout the entire movie that he hasn't had sex, hasn't had any quality time. So quality time as he calls it. What are are they looking at down there? Did he just, you know, nut on himself over, over the evening or did he have a hard boner? Because it wasn't visible. Exactly. Cause he's, you know, even if he had just, you know, a big boner, right. You know, a little morning wood. Yeah. The kids run in like five seconds after that, jumping all over him. So he's got this rock hard on. And yeah. the kids are playing with him. He's trying to have sex with his wife. Yeah. You know, that was one of my favorite yeah. scenes. Pollard, best scene you saw. It's hard for me to overlook the final scene. It's hard for uh, Martin Lawrence, oh, too. Oh, yeah. Most definitely. So, like, it was hard for Martin Lawrence in that scene. It's hard for me to overlook the final scene. We talked about a few of the components that are in this scene. I'm going to run through them all again, so bear with me. But we got the scientific beakers for some reason. Like, they don't need to be there at the drug deal, right? Like, they've already made the heroin. Right, they so, don't need their but, they, but Michael Bay wanted the backdrop of the scientific beakers that are present. There's two separate huge ether explosions because they're also just keeping the components in which they use to make the drugs at the drug deal. Why do they need explosives there? They I have don't, no idea. But they're just going to, like, set those up. There's pallets of drugs, of course. Um, not only is there cases of cash, but there's also the financial transaction over the phone. Like, why do you need both? There's the plane. Uh, it's just jam-packed with explosions and fire. And they even get uh, Will Smith's character shooting, shotgunning a guy into a high-voltage panel. Oh, my god! Because, like, we haven't seen sparks fly yet. That so, had to hurt. So there's, <laughs> like, what high-voltage panel is necessary in the middle of this hangar? So that scene, to me, just gives you everything you could ever the, want. The bad yeah. guy controlling the bad guy ate Pablo Escobar. Let's move on to how do you do that? How do you do what you do to me? I'm feeling blue. Wish I knew 
Alex, how did he do that? So we talked about this a little bit earlier uh, during the recap, but my how he do that is actually a how she do that. So Whoa! this, I know, I'm mixing it up a little bit. I mean, this. Whoa. So let's let's take it back to the scene where Julie and Max arrive at that uh, the yes, kind the of house. coked the, heroin, the heroin methed cocaine, out guy. The heroin yeah, the super guy? drug, the, the, the bad news. guy, but yeah. not the Al, real bad guy. The exactly. Al Capone house, where Julie's escaping. <laughs> you know, secret she passageways. The secret passageways, uh, and you know, finds herself on the roof, and where she jumps off the roof into the swimming pool. Right. Again, this looks like a lap pool, maybe three feet shallow. Yeah, and she just swan dives in and swims away from the guys with the machine guns. Yeah. That was my how'd she do that because how'd she do that? And, I, <laughs> and how did she not break her legs and become a you know paraplegic? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Absolutely. She's at club she hell did, the next and night. Wheeling you know? her around right. the rest of the movie. Well, and I can understand like having no other choice but to decide to jump yeah. and finding the pool. But like getting out of a pool is probably the least agile way. That you can leave a scene in which people are shooting at you with assault rifles. Totally. Like, to get out of a pool is just an awkward thing that yeah. no one does gracefully yeah. and takes a lot of time. Yeah. So, for the guys to, like, give up and act like, oh, well, she got, she jumped in the water. Yeah. You chased her all the way off the roof. Like, you're not going to just look over and just, you know, pop her a yeah. couple. You could just unload a we couple clips. know the- Pollard doesn't know how to swim so oh. that's true for me it takes even longer a little bit more bias it's but natural I... for him to have a real bugaboo about exactly. getting out of a pool yeah my how do you do that is a how do they do that Whoa! okay progressive Insane. and how do these two main characters pull off the argument distraction thing mm-hmm. so well whenever a gun is pulled on them they make it look so easy multiple times, and it just seems to me like one of those things like I feel like you would try to do in real life and never be able to pull off. Because yeah. at some point during the crazed argument of a distraction, you both have to react at the same time right. to get the drop on the guy. Mm-hmm. And like deciding when that point is, to me, is something that in real life could never, ever happen. Yeah, I love those those tropes. I love that one specifically. And I think that those decisions come straight out of like the the actor choices mm-hmm. with oh, those yeah. two guys. Like they do it in comedic ways in scenes where they don't have to like get the drop on someone. Yeah. Right? And they just play off of each other. Yeah. And the script basically reads like at this point Will Smith and Martin Lawrence just play off of each other. Yeah. For the next 30 seconds. Yeah. And I'm sure a lot whatever. of that's, that's ad-libbed for sure, too. Absolutely. A, lo- a lot of that, right? They yeah. have to just let them run. And you know the chemistry's yeah. there where it's just, they just let them go. Yeah. Kyle, how do you do that? Um, how did the bad guys rig that insane tunnel system oh at the God. very beginning the to sled. send the drugs? Yeah. Yeah, that was impressive. It was, it was awesome. Yeah. It's like it's like pulleys. It's like a vortex or something. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And they're sending, like, humans they're sending big bags of heroin through. Mm-hmm. And it's like, this is something that you just broke into. It's a heist. Like, yeah. this wasn't a pre-installed, like, installation that you just have this. It reminded me of um, Tommy Boy. Uh, <laughs> Michelle's, like, in-office, like, if you've ever seen it, she has this, like, big tube. Yeah. And right. she just, like, shoves canisters in it. Yeah. And it, like, goes through the office. And it was like that, but in a heist... Yeah. And with humans right. and with heroin. Yeah. And it yeah. was like, you can't pre-install that. Like, <laughs> there's no way this is happening. I think I think Michael Bay does such a great job of, like, quick cuts. 
that give you enough to understand what's happening, yeah. but don't explain how something mm-hmm. like that actually operates. And yeah. what you see at the end is just that shot in the van of like heroin bags just like dropping in, yeah, like yeah. a vending machine. Yeah, it's like Santa in a perfect operating system, yeah. just like going up through the chimney, toys coming in, toys going out. Easy, like, easy. You know. Well, yeah, and Michael Bay is good at doing that in the sense of Kyle mentioned how does this plot work, how does the story work, what's the end game. And he's just good at moving it along to where you don't stop and think, wait, what's the objective here? Yeah, or what's yeah, the bad guy? Yeah. Or what's the story? Yeah. He just moves it along and uh, like, explain what's going on, but keep it moving. So you're just yeah, like engaged with the story. It's not edited poorly in a way that like distracts you right. and yeah. like it's throws you smoothly. off. It's, it's just smoothly a poor and story. quick. And by the yeah. time you're done with the scene, it's over and you're moving on. Exactly. Yeah. In the yeah. original script, it just says, in quotes, heist happening (laughs) it just gives it to like special effects like go here's a hundred g's make this cool heist part two heist part three heist Heist finale (laughs) big heist let's move on to that had to hurt pollard that had to hurt when they're at club hell And Martin Lawrence is cornered in the bathroom. He ends up getting the drop on these gangsters. And he slams that guy's head into the urinal that is filled with piss. Yeah. It's disgusting. I'm not even concerned really about the head slam itself. But just how close he is. And more likely than not, like being covered in his face with urine. Yeah. That Martin Lawrence has just finished emptying into this urinal is like so disgusting that that had to hurt like emotionally like it had to hurt his pride yeah like that is a, probably the worst way to to lose the drop on a guy in a fight like that it's a thing he didn't sort out for like 15 years yeah to like court order to therapy. <laughs> Still in therapy yeah he yeah, can't use like, urinals like he goes like, in the uh, bathrooms and he won't go finally to urinal. broke through to like oh your face fell in urine like oh, yeah. this has been like something like that <laughs> And then 10 years later, he turned out to be the Joker. (laughs) Alex, that had to hurt. You know, so we discussed this again already in the recap, but my that had to hurt scene was when um, in the final battle, let's call it, in the hangar, uh, Will Smith finds that shotgun and just shoots that the Italian Don Vito guy in the the stomach into the electrical (laughs) box, shocking him against the electrical box. I I just thought that was a ridiculous combination of, okay, you already shot this guy in the belly with a 12 gauge, but you have to throw him into an electrical box to get electrocuted after the fact. Yeah, they said we've used most of the budget, but we still have 300 grand left. Kyle, that had to hurt. This is a that had to hurt slash Pappas's bad bite. Yes. Martin Lawrence never gets any. Like we just oh, talked no. about. Wow, yeah. you're right. The, the entire movie. All blue balls, Lawrence. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I've, uh, Some quality time. I've broken down him into three motivating factors. Everything he does in this movie can be motivated by one of these things. A, his fidelity to his wife. B, his insecurity. Or C, his straight up horniness. Oh, yeah. The entire movie, he talks about getting some or not getting enough. Like, he's just constantly blue balls, trying to get some. And at the end of the movie, he never gets laid. Nope. His wife accuses him of infidelity. 
and he almost gets her shot. And he accuses his wife of infidelity. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's not a healthy And show. he's like a very well-meaning horny dude. Yeah. And he just wants to have sex with his wife. And the entire movie, he's trying to do that. Trying to prove himself as a capable lover. A, 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 a faithful. Faithful yeah. lover. And he never has sex. And the movie ends with him basically maybe getting divorced. He, so. he leaves the final scene. Like, I'm finally about to go get some quality time with my wife. Mm -hmm. And everything that you've seen in the movie leads you to believe, like, he's not getting any. Let's move on to who organizes the reunion. It's so nice to come together, to get together. Alex, who organizes the reunion? I would say Julie's dogs, Luke and Dookie. Organize the reunion. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Luke okay. and Dookie. Okay. Oh, okay. I mean, they're the kind of they're they're the they're the dark horse for me in the movie. I would say, like okay. you you know, you don't really see them as like a core player, main feature in Michael Bay's film, but mm-hmm. they're there. They're always watching. They know the dynamic between Julie, Mike, and Marcus, the three main characters, and also met Yvette and Teresa. Mm-hmm. So with that being said, and actually they were, uh, I, I believe they were no, they weren't witness to the murder, but they were witness to the break in when the bad guys. Uh, you know, came into Julie's house and, and scared her away, and, and right. Marcus saved her. So, again, they've seen a lot. They've actually had quite a bit of interaction with all the core characters. So, I think that Luke and Dookie uh, organized the reunion. How do they get them together? With a Dookie? <laughs> with a Dookie on the carpet. They rub it in their butts. Baloney? Yeah. Maybe. Um, I think Julie organizes the reunion and fulfills her dream of making love to Marcus and Mike at the same time. Ooh. London Bridge it's situation. Steamy, <laughs> steamy smut. So it's called a teepee. So when Marcus's wife confronts them, it's made clear that they're all upset with the accusation that they've had a threesome. But if you take into account what she's done throughout the film, oh. she comes on to Martin Lawrence at a point really strongly. Um, she describes in detail how attracted she is to Will Smith, how no woman should ever want to uh, pass that up. Mm-hmm. So she's she's willing to prostitute earlier, right? Yeah. So she's all in, I think, and uh, she doesn't get what she wants. So she's looking for some quality time. Oh, yeah. And it involves both Marcus and Mike that, Lowry. I'm in. I'm oh, in yeah. on that. So I'm it's really just that. a three-person reunion. Mm. The dogs are present and watching. Of That's interesting. They, <laughs> they organized the smut date. <laughs> The okay. So maybe it's all tied in. <laughs> okay, we should all get back together. We'll watch. Yeah. Um, I didn't have a lot of thought into this one, but I think it's definitely Chet, the front desk guy. Mm. He seemed okay. very he doesn't eager hold on to, to that please. Position. Oh yeah. Yeah, but he like Come he on, guys. really wants to be on this. I tried out to be a cop. It didn't uh, work yeah. out. That's Just like good. old times. Come yeah. on, guys. Yeah. I'm your deputy. Yeah. I'll do whatever you say. I like you. I'm a deputy. And so, uh, yeah, he seems he's just an easy guy. He he definitely chose. He to organizes a reunion and no one shows up. Exactly. Yeah. He's that yeah. guy. Yeah. yeah. He has a cheese plate out. No one's there. Yeah. I think Joey Pants organizes the reunion. Because oh. this whole case was a real pelt on his wall, on his career. Yeah. His career is winding down. This was like a giant case that he gets to talk about at the end of his career. So he, 10 years later, he's like, look, let's all get together, have a few laughs. Yeah. 
the end. Yeah, he definitely tries to take a lot of credit for this case oh, for yeah. sure later in his life when he didn't do anything. Well, he, he, he was just point... shooting basketball, working on his jumper the whole yeah, time. Yeah, smoking dude. cigars. He brings up the telling Marcus to be Mike Lowry like thing yeah, a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, uh, look, so I actually about started to lose that. Witness. I got her back. <laughs> so this is a good segue into the Clutch Award. Baby, you are so money and you don't even know it. Which I have Joey Pants. Interesting. So explain. He obviously had that insanely, insanely great scene with the basketball mm-hmm. that we already touched on. Preach. But beyond that, a character we haven't touched on a lot. He was a real Mike Penberthy. <laughs> we have Marge Helgenberger. What? Who is basically the CSI chick. Oh, who, yeah, yeah, yeah. Internal affairs. At the very end of the movie, shuts down their investigation and yes. says. You guys are reassigned. You're off this case, blah, blah, blah. And Joey Pants, you don't see this in movies ever. The captain says, fuck this bitch. You guys are staying on the case. You got two hours. I'm calling helicopters. I'm calling SWAT cars. Mm -hmm. We're going to fucking do this shit. And I love yeah, that. And without him being like, we're (laughs) we're staying on this bitch. The movie's over. They right. don't solve it. Oh, so yeah. he was super clutch, not uh-huh. just for the cigar scene, but because he said, fuck you, March Helgenberger. Yeah, you're right. Usually, My it's, hands the are two, tied. usually yeah. it's the two cops that do in Rush Hour. Exactly. They it's say, the two cops the that get rogue. Yeah. Uh, in Point Break, it happens. And he said, I'm on you guys. Let's mm-hmm. do this. I'm yeah. with you. My clutch award has to go to JoJo. I love Multisante. Mm-hmm. What's his name in Goodfellas? Spider. Spider, this character, just an actor that every time he's in a movie, I'm intrigued, I'm watching, I'm like... So I don't know why they go back to him when they do the second time, because he's just their go-to guy. Right. But uh, it proves successful, and he's finally able to like give up the name of the chemist that he thinks would be behind cutting the drugs. Mm -hmm. And it's just a stretch for me that um, he would know like this big-time chemist that drug lords who are doing like $180 million deals would have a contact with, Mm -hmm. like he would also have a contact with. And he's like the tires guy. Like he might be able to find you like the small neighborhood drug dealer, but like it's really clutch that he's able to come through with like this huge contact. The cartel contacts. Yeah. My clutch award, John Sally. Oh, yeah. Just because John Sally's in this movie. Um, Not sure what he cracks in that code scene where he's the computer hacker guy. It is fun that John Sally was on the Pistons Bad Boys team, and now he's in this movie, Bad Boys. Oh. 1995, right after that. I like that. And uh, love him. Love him in Best Damn Sports Show, period. Right. Those are the two things. My clutch award would go to Teresa. This is Marcus's wife. Mm. And I think... You know, again, Michael Bay and and his artistic direction, I think, you know, what he's trying to do is show the power of the woman and the power of a woman's influence on a man. So Mm. I don't think Marcus wins in that that car race at the end of the movie if Teresa hasn't hadn't withheld the sex. You know, he had so much pent up aggression, you know, where I see now this is a take that led to the success of of the bad boys. You know, no Teresa, no bad boys. Right. Like, like, you know, we know Mike Lowry is going to perform. But when Marcus is behind the wheel. Right. Michael Bay is asking the audience, can he do it? And if you like this take and you want to hear more about Teresa, tune into Stay Acation next week. That's Stay (laughs) Acation. Great podcast. Let's move on to quotes. Pollard, 
Favorite quotes? Uh, we've talked about the liquor store scene a lot mm-hmm. and sort of the uh, banter that goes back and forth. Um, I'd just like to point out the best quote, I think, in the movie in that scene when Will Smith pulls the gun on him and says, Now back up, put the gun down, and get me a pack of tropical fruit bubblicious. And some Skittles. Skittles. (laughs) (laughs) Just the two guys working well together, delivering one comedic line. Uh, So in tune with each other. Yeah. Yeah. Again, they're just telekinetic and like, so so finding out what you you explained to us that there was ad lib in yeah. that scene like i want to know like the takes that led right. before that like did they pick other liquor store items yeah. to do and, and some the- onions <laughs> <laughs> give me a bag of cracker jacks and some sour cream onion pringles and a slim jim <laughs> anything in the hustler magazine two of those five dollar scratches <laughs> Some fish sticks. <laughs> some Totinos. Yeah, and I want one of them hot dogs that are rolling around on that thing over there. And some sunflower seeds, but like the small skinny pack. Yeah. You got corn nuts. <laughs> and some Advil, but like only the two pills in the little pack. <laughs> this ad sponsored by atstayacation.com. Hey, 5GFA listeners. Are you big Will Smith and Martin Lawrence fans like we are? Believe that. Do you also have trouble sleeping at night? Um, well... Actually, yes, I do have trouble. Why? Is there some sort of product that combines the two? Funny you should ask. Introducing the Bad Boys White Noise app. While you're laying in bed stressing about all of the issues going on in your life, you'll be serenaded by your favorite Will Smith and Martin Lawrence quotes, including Mike Lowry and some Skittles. Mind your business, yo tango, los gatos, and mis pantalones. Welcome to Earth. And how come he don't want me? Give me the gun, Carlton, until you gently fall asleep or turn off or delete the app and chug some NyQuil. Either way, for just $3.11 per minute, the Bad Boys White Noise app can be an app you have on your phone. So download it today. Kyle, what do you got for quotes? Uh, I've got three quotes. The first one is from Will Smith. He says, my shit always works sometimes. I like that. This one is from uh, Martin Lawrence, and this one I actually really liked. It reminded me of the, my days at the daycare, and he said, please, Mike, can you go have a Coke and a smile? Oh, I like that and one, too. And it was like, fuck, that's good. Yeah. And then my last one, we touched on it earlier a little bit, but when they come into the crime scene, and they're just like disheveling everything, papers everywhere... Um, they, they like grab the guy's hand and there's like a note and a knife on it. Like they're just being insane. But anyway, Martin Lawrence says, we're going to need to dust for some fresh prints. And Will Smith goes in Bel Air, (laughs) which is a nod to the TV show that Will Smith was on Fresh Prince in Bel Air. Ah, wait, whoa. Did they really say that? I was like, what the fuck? I get it. I was like coming back into the conversation. It's like. What the fuck? How did I miss that? God. But that would have been good, right? That would have been great. Let's move on to What Takes Me Out of the Movie. What Takes Me Out of the Flick. Alex, what takes you out of Bad Boys? You know, what takes me out of Bad Boys is it, it might be petty, but when Julie escapes from her house and ends up at uh, Mike Lowry's place, mm. you know, she's, you know, obviously escaped quickly. There are men that broke in, guns a blazing. She saves her dogs um, and seemingly just survives, right? Right. But she's at Mike's house 
And then throughout the movie, she does all of these ridiculous wardrobe changes. Like, you know, Marcus oh. walks in and she's just chilling in a kimono. Like, That's she had time great. to grab yeah, her you're kimono. Right. You're and right. then she has this, like, club outfit that she has. She's and ready then to her, go like, out. Exactly. And the end outfit that she has. It's like, dude, you had all this time to pick out some fire outfits for she's Club not Hell, yeah. a random silk kimono. You're like, oh, I need the kimono. Like, you grab the dogs a kimono and a Club Hell outfit. That was just it was over the top pollard what takes you out of the movie just the marriage between marcus and his wife it's just very unhealthy uh they got problems yeah and i think like we talked a lot about how the uh trading places aspect of this film could have been a 10 minute deal instead of a 45 minute deal like the way that they play it out so much to me stresses over and over and over there is no trust in this marriage. Mm-hmm. He is lying. Like his, I'm going to Cleveland for work is why? Yeah. Why can't he explain to her what's really happening? Like I'm working really hard on the case right now. I love you, but. Yeah, he could have just told her, yeah. look, we got this situation where I posed as him. The only way our witness will trust me is if I, like, if they have a, a We're normal. We're trying to resolve it quickly. Yeah. Like yeah. This. It's a couple days. If, if there's a normal trusting and loving marriage. Like, there should be some understanding there. Let's move on <clears throat> to McMulligan's. Alex, McMulligan's. So, my McMulligan's was just, you know, I just didn't think that there were enough, you know, outfits. Miami, <laughs> 90s. Pastel. Miami PD. You know, we got Will Smith with the turtleneck. You know, we got Martin yes. Lawrence with that burgundy alligator skin vest and matching pants suit. Cut but off, you, exactly, yeah, it's it, you know, with the chains, with the the, yeah. the 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 bracelets. I just you know didn't feel like they really did Miami justice. You know, I think it's true. Uh, you know, Will actually said it best in his hit single Miami, where he <laughs> says, "Nothing less than ill when we dress to kill." Every time the ladies pass, they'd be like, hi, Will. You know what I'm saying? So Why don't we just do. play the song right now? Nothing less than ill when we dress to kill. Every time the ladies pass, they'd be like, hi, They did a decent job, you know, showing a little bit of the flavor, but you knew that there was so much more to be had. So that was just, uh, that was my McMulligan. You know, it's a petty one, but, you know, I just think they could have really been a little bit more true to their roots. Now here's something we hope you'll really like. Now we're going to turn our attentions to ex-local fanboy Michael Hillary for Magic Mike's Main Minute. Hey, Michael, you're on with the Five Guys Flicking Around crew. How you doing, buddy? Um, I've never seen the original Bad Boys. I almost watched it this morning because I knew you guys had done it, but I was like, I don't want to watch that shit show. I don't get it. Like, it doesn't make any sense. Mike, what are your thoughts on Kevin Sorbo? On on Kevin who? Kevin Sorbo from Hercules. Who the fuck? Who, Kevin Sorbo? Kevin Hobo from Hercules. Wait, from Hercules? Like, the TV show from the 90s. Like the cartoon TV show? Oh my gosh. Yeah, I don't know what name you're talking about. I'm trying to look it up. Like, if you want to do the 1997 Disney movie, I'm there on on, on my iPad, but, you know, with the, the show. What the, the show fucking show? Xena Warrior Princess. You know Xena? King of Lear? So Kevin Sorbo was Hercules on the TV show Hercules. If you look Kevin Sorbo up, yeah, that guy. Oh, that Hercules. Yeah, like Xena and Hercules. Yeah, okay, yeah. I got you. The Xena Hercules yeah. action hour. Any yeah, thoughts? yeah, yeah. That was like USA, man. Fuck that. 
So let's move on to Send an an SOS. I'll send an SOS to the world. I'll send an SOS. Spinoff, origin or sequel? I want to see a sort of spinoff origin. Hmm. Interesting. Where our two main characters meet. Who are they? In the police academy. Oh, I really like that. So I think you could have fun swapping the roles. And you have Martin Lawrence play the suave ladies' man. Ooh. And Will Smith is left without any quality time, and he's, like, not good with the ladies. And the character journey is that Martin Lawrence learns how to settle down and decides to become a family man while simultaneously training Will Smith mm-hmm. on dating a la Hitch. Wow. Ooh. Wow. Like, like you switch the roles a little bit. I think Will Smith is capable of being the suave guy that he is in this movie, but he also, we know, can pull off like the dorky, oh yeah, like not able to handle girls. But then in the moment at the party, all of a sudden, busts out the dance moves where it's like, whoa, where did that come from? Yeah, we thought he was a nerdy guy. Yeah, um, and so I want to see that. Uh, my spinoff origin or sequel is an origin story, and it's how did Will Smith get his money? I'll tell you how he got his money. <laughs> <laughs> I was ready to answer, but you jumped right in. He was born in West Philadelphia. And uh, through a lot of shenanigans, he moved out to Bel Air, uh, where he moved in with his his aunt's family, who happened to be pretty affluent. And they died. Well, we don't know what happened to them exactly. Feels like we could flush that out through like five or so seasons, right? And just kind of figure yeah, it out. Yeah, at least a hundred episodes. Feels of like we can really yeah. stretch that story out, oh, yeah. and then uh, arrive with him being a rich kid in I Miami, think, yeah. being a yeah. Cop. It sounds like something that you could have like mainly driven by comedy, but right. there's a couple like dramatic episodes, like oh, yeah. two particular. Ones yeah, that, that really, that really yeah. stand out, and all of a sudden you're like, whoa! Like yeah. there's some real drama going you on here. Learn that like. You know, his real dad might not be a dad, and maybe his uncle Phil was the dad all along, yeah. and he can like maybe um, come and cry in him and be like, "How I, come he don't want me no more?" Yeah. You know, I like that. Like that. <laughs> I like that name, Phil. I like that name a lot. And then, and then Martin Lawrence is like a disc jockey in Detroit, just like the TV show Martin. Ah. <laughs> Let's move on to genre swap. All right, I tell you what you do. Pull the old switcheroo. So, so my genre swaps pretty unique, I'd say. I mean, it, it's ooh, a, it's a sci-fi ooh. crossover. I like right? it. Sci-fi. Martin or Marcus and Mike are the best kept secret in the universe. Ooh, I already like. Where you this like this? Is okay. So they are working for a highly funded yet unofficial government agency, yes. um, only known as the BIB, <laughs> the Boys in Black. <laughs> So Marcus and Mike, you know, they manage all the immigration services and regulation for anyone visiting Earth yes. because this is like an intergalactic universe we're living in. So can, aliens exist. Can I just put my foot down and sure. say Rip Torn is going to be in this movie? <laughs> maybe. No, Absolutely. You know, maybe. Right, maybe. Right. You know, so yet going. to be seen. This is just an idea okay. at this point. All right. right? Immigration so, services. So long story short, they're investigating an alien drug bust, some sort of super drug. Okay, and the agents uncover that you know there's a deadly plot for intergalactic terrorism. Mm -hmm. So uh, the BIB, you know, Marcus and Maglari, step in, um, and essentially what they do is they they you know steal back billions of dollars of highly addictive drugs, Mm. um, which we come to find is code name 
Jewel. So, From yeah. Julie Motts? Exactly, that's it. I think this could work as a fantasy. Like a dark Preposterous. Fantasy. So, Will Smith and Martin Lawrence <laughs> take, a, take on, like, tunics. Like, gold-lined wearing tunics. Um, what about a one-nick? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> uh, I think Martin Lawrence is, like, the wizard. You know, like kind of the nerdier, like less suave oh, character. Like smart. Yeah. And Will Smith is Are you the. Thinking of Black Knight again? <laughs> no, no. I like this. Keep going. Keep and, going. And uh, Will Smith is like the strong, powerful knight yeah. figure. Like he has a sword. So Martin Lawrence has just got this kind of like measly staff and is like not that great at spells. But Will Smith is like the strong figure. He's a knight. He's got a sword. Um, and so I think you could still play on that whole thing that Will Smith, Will Smith's character is uh, more of a man in that way. And instead of drugs, it's some sought-after magical elixir that's being sold in the fantasy underworld. (laughs) So there's spells. There's a lot of, like, different creatures. Um, The drug lords, you know, are are played off as these sort of, like, gnarly creatures that are gross, and they're, like, hoarding this, like, elixir. Mm. Let's move on to how much would you pay for this movie? How much would you pay for this Blu-ray, Alex? I think nine ninety nine. In this day and age, that is generous. To think that I couldn't hear "mother bitch" again um, in the uh, in the liquor store scene, I just can't imagine not, not I'm being able to. So like surprised at how much you guys all want to return to the liquor store. I think it's the best quote in the movie, but like oh. the amount of content that we've drawn out of that scene, it's to me true. Is, I would not have guessed. I'd go twelve dollars for this. It's Ooh. a movie that's fun. These guys killed it during this period of time. Right. This is a funny chapter, and this is an entertaining movie. I'm gonna split the difference and do 11.99. Okay. Uh, I think it's a really solid action movie with great banter, like we've talked about. And that was my first viewing, so I feel like there's like another handful where I'd be mm-hmm. like, I want to watch it again. I'm gonna go, I guess, much higher than all of you with a price of twenty four ninety nine. Oh, okay. Wow, money bags, Pollard. Hello, um, Jeez Louise. That gets three chichings. <laughs> I think Aaron kind of alluded to it. Like for me, it's just a capture of Will Smith and Martin Lawrence together. Uh, it's also a great viewing, understanding that it's Michael Bay's first film. Mm-hmm. So for me, it just captures that in time. It's a great mid nineties. Um, picture, so I want to yeah. keep it around. Let's wrap things up with, would this movie work as a McSullivan vehicle? I think this movie definitely works as a McSullivan vehicle. Longtime partners McSullivan and Pops are investigating $100 million of seized mafia heroin, which was stolen from a secure police vault. Internal affairs The suspects, IA get involved. Yeah, the IA gets involved. They suspect it was an inside job, and uh, that threatens to shut down the entire department unless they uncover the drugs within five days. McSullivan so, asks one of his informants, slash ex-bimbo, to look for people who are newly rich and therefore suspects. This sounds like Bad Boys. No, no, no. The Bad Boys script about Bad Boys. It sounds original content. It sounds like if the Bad Boys script got personified into a living boy and then told everyone about themselves and was like, "I'm the Bad Boys script." Okay, come to life. Close. Let me let me finish and see if that pans out. All right. Eventually, they solve the case. and McSullivan gets to bang the friend. This isn't the same as Bad Boys because it takes place in New Orleans. 
Holy oh, shit! Why whoa. did you say that from oh, the that's beginning? That's a huge twist, right? If you just started, you guys were with thinking this Miami, isn't... right? Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. If you would some just some M Night Shyamalan twist. No, this isn't right Miami. Now, this is New Orleans. Yeah, you it was really... in New Orleans the whole time. New Orleans the whole Honestly, time. Like, the whole my, time my I was reading it. My stomach dropped. Like, yeah. I'm just like, whoa. So that's how this movie works as a McSullivan vehicle. Kyle, does this movie work as a McSullivan vehicle? It does. It really does. I know you guys might be shocked to hear that, but McSullivan flies to Miami to see his New Orleans Saints play the Miami Dolphins in the Super Bowl. But two weeks before the Super Bowl, the Miami Dolphins mascot named Snowflake gets kidnapped. Melissa Robbins, played by Courtney Cox, hires him to track down Snowflake. General hijinks ensue, and Mac bangs Melissa. When he finds Snowflake in an extremely distasteful scene, it's also heavily implied that him and Snowflake make love. (laughs) The scene is completely out of touch with today's climate, and just an extremely terrible and poor choice causes people to protest the film. It's regarded as the worst McSullivan film in the franchise and among the worst movie blunders in cinematic history that people say is a blatant Ace Ventura ripoff. After this movie, we reintroduce McSullivan as McSullivan in space and get the franchise back on track. (laughs) Pollard, does this movie work as a McSullivan vehicle? I was thinking, does this movie work as a McSullivan vehicle? And then I was thinking... Maybe this doesn't work as a McSullivan vehicle, but where I ultimately landed was, yes, in fact, this does work as a McSullivan vehicle. It was. It was. McSullivan is asked to transfer to this narcotics case in Miami. Pops gets word of the case and figures that McSullivan's drug history qualifies him for the case. But he's unfamiliar to the area and has no connections. He ends up hanging out at a cl- at Club Hell because, well, McSullivan loves to party, and he ends up accidentally spotting spotting the gangsters in the bathroom while at the urinal when he's peeking over to look at the guy's schlong that's next to him, and he sees his gun instead. He tells the guy, "Is that a gun in your pants, or are you just excited to see me?" This piss- classic Mac. This pisses off the gangster, ensuing a shootout. McSullivan doesn't have his gun on him because he isn't allowed firearms in the state of Florida, so he is forced to wrestle the guy to the ground. Pops originally doesn't join him on the case because he needs to rebuild his marriage after promiscuous behavior catches up with him. This is where we can fulfill the marriage lessons from the movie, but it doesn't pan out for Pops that well, and he's left on the streets aimlessly driving out of town and ends up in Florida. McSullivan survives the brawl and takes to the streets. He ends up down an alley seeking drug dealers and unknowingly runs into other members of the same gang. Everything comes to a head when the gangsters from the club come back to the crew in the alley and spot McSullivan. He looks cornered, but Pops ends up just around the corner and has the drop on them. Pops saves the day. Wow. I like that. I do like that. That'll do it for this episode of Five Guys Flicking Around. Make sure to check us out on Instagram at Five Guys Flicking Around. Make sure to check out a staycation while That's, you're at it because right. we're going to be on there soon and we're excited to join you, buddy. Right. Hey, we can't wait to have you. Just give us three little small lifestyle you know, changes we can make to better our feng shui and our you know, apartment. 
or house. So three quick tips to you know spruce up your uh, living space. Is that a hint? Are you going to say a spruce tree because it's yeah, Christmas season? You know, you, know <laughs> you almost had me, but no, no. Let's start with number one, and that's candles. Candles. So do any of you guys have candles of course, in your living space? Of course. Space? By adding candles to the living space, you increase the staycation vibe. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, whatever vibe you're going for. You know, you could go with the, you know, sandy beach smell. Exactly. Right. If you want to let loose a little bit. I have a live, laugh, love um, decor piece that's on uh, some beech wood. Would that be cool to put up? Yeah, no, that that would be fantastic. So I, I love that idea, Aaron. Right. I love where you're going with it's that. It's three words. It's live, exactly. and then it's laugh, and the last one you is know, love. You, you could even throw a little um, a, a, a sign in your dining room that just says gather. You know, yeah. something I like, like that. Ooh, yeah, I like you know? that. Or just, yeah. you know, maybe above your, your entranceway, it could just say home. I've you know, seen something simple. I've, I've seen, yeah, so I've seen tip in the kitchen, two. I've seen the words eat. Yeah, and what I've liked and to do pray. in my home, and maybe this is state vacation approved, but yeah. I like to to put that into all the other rooms. So in the living room, I have sit. Mm-hmm. Um, above the TV, <laughs> yeah. I have watch. Above the bathroom, I have poop. It's it's not only stylish; it's functional, it's right? And, and that's what we really directive promote. to yeah. tell your guests exactly what to do. I think the before. misconception is that you have to leave your home in order to get on a vacation. Yeah. And what we're finding out by following your content, listening to your podcast, reading your blogs, is that you can achieve vacation vibes at home. Absolutely. And you know what, guys, it takes time to really relax. And at my level now, obviously, I've been doing it for some time. I mean, I literally spend nine hours a day in front of my screensaver. Literally nine hours Dang. a day. And we'll go from space to the beach <laughs> to the mountains. To like swirly Wherever lights. I want to go. That and, sounds and, relaxing. And that's why you find me here today so relaxed, right? You, you are. You're super I'm relaxed. I'm so relaxed, you, you know. And relaxed. I'm, um, you know, I'm just having a great time out here, guys. So, I, you know, I appreciate your the support for the pod, for the blog, yeah. um, for the company. Yeah, We've cool. recently done some work on our house. And having after read your material, like, I really liked what we were able to come up with. Um, we were really going for a goal of bringing the outside indoors. Yeah. And so what we've done is we've transformed our bedroom and we've laid some really high quality sod. Oh, from the October 2018 post, right? Right. Yeah. And what I can't, okay. I can't express how great it feels to wake up in the morning and put my bare feet down off of the bed into fresh green grass. Of Inside, yeah. Do you have a big fishbowl filled with bancala beads you can put out somewhere? <laughs> I no. Ooh, you should get on that. What we decided to do is turn the downstairs bathroom into what would be like a lake or like a water feature. <laughs> a lake, interesting. Huh? By In the like downstairs bathroom, <laughs> just a small lake, <laughs> a pond, Real if you will. So we filled it with what well, we just clogged the toilet mm. and flushed a bunch. I like that. <laughs> I appreciate the passion that I you put I'm into your own passionate. home project. I don't think I'm understanding very correctly the actual direction in I which mean, here's it's, it's nuanced. It is. Alex, I want to thank you for joining us today. Any last words? Hey, my name is Alex from uh, Stayacation, and I love the five guys flicking around, guys. I really do. Um, and just thank you so much for having me. Look what I have created. I have made fire. I have made fire. Think this is one of the traits of a really good producer. I'm not ashamed Keep no more. the talent happy. You just killed a helicopter with a car. Alright, right, boys, prepare to be dazzled. Break yeah, yourself, fool. 
Oh, I'm sorry. Did I break your concentration? It's important that we get together on this thing. If you had some glue, I'm really good at gluing. I could just glue it. You sandbagging son of a bitch. Y'all ready to bust some ass? Lick a license. Lick her license. We've got entirely too many troublemakers here. I am an FBI agent. You look like a blueberry. I don't give a damn what you think you're entitled to. You know who I am. You that silly ass reporter from the Channel 5 News, ain't you? I'm Mo Green. What are you looking at, butthead? Let's go, let's go, I'm bored, let's go. It's like the nerd guy, from what I understand. If you don't know anything about cars, it's not interesting at all. I don't want you to live. Ass. Remember, remember. It's pronounced Sparrows. Idiot. Bitchy vegan. I like that. I do like that. The bologna sandwich and the pickle. And a Slurpee. Animal tested. Ooh, you should get on that. It's like, who does that? My, My glory. glory. <laughs> Don't talk about me and Will. We go way back. 